Yep, yep, did a TED Talk last Saturday. Should be up in a few weeks. A TED Talk? Getting some pretty awesome guests on lately. Listen, don't wait for the perfect moment. Take the moment, make it perfect. The only person you are destined to become is the person that you absolutely choose to be. It's always impossible until it's done. We're getting stuff done every day. This is the Entrepreneur Now. Hey, 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 hey. Here again, here to create, here to dominate our passion, here to do the things that we want to do in life, here to do the things that we love to do in life, create it every step of the way. It's not going to get made for you. Go out there, put one step in front of the other, well, one foot in front of the other, and you will dominate. I'm not kidding. It happens every single day. I can't believe a year has gone by since I was just running around with my pants down, waking up face down, pants down in the old bushes. And now I'm just doing unbelievable things. Running, writing books, reading massive amounts of books, connecting with amazing creative entrepreneurs all over the world on this show to show and tell you, little boys and girls, that everything is 100% possible, whether you believe it or not. It can come true, but you better believe it more than the not. I've got on a very unique guest today, Emily Wapnick from PuttyLike.com, and she is cool, cool, cool. She just did a TED Talk, as you heard in that opening clip. It will be posted in the show notes along with the rest of this episode at artsynow.com forward slash 99. We got 99 problems, but a TED Talk ain't one. You can check that out there. Emily is a multi-potentialite, and this is what she teaches. She was trying to figure out what her niche was, and she figured out that her niche was actually not having one. Why can't we do multiple things? Why can't we be multi-creatives? Well, we can. I do it every single day. I'm involved in lots of different things. People can't believe it when I start telling them all the different things I'm involved with. Now, it can be the death of you if you're not careful. Uh, It it can be a struggle, but there are ways to make it work, and you can be happy doing it. And Emily is the person who has been teaching this and bringing it to fruition through all these people that might have been doubting themselves at one point. Literally, go to puttylike.com, seriously, and check it out. It is awesome. I'm on her list. Uh, I love everything that she puts out. All of her articles are great. And we get into a lot of really cool stuff here. We get into four different kind of multi-potentialite work models, different types of people you can be and ways and strategies to go about accomplishing this type of life through those different models. We get into the whole parent-younger generation conflict and how sometimes it's just hard for them to understand, but as we start to work through and make success, people will start or parents will come around and start to to appreciate it. And actually, it's just that they care about you. you know? It's just that they love you. But you got to be successful. 
You got to put one step forward, and this is the way to do it. You can be a multi-potentialite. And it starts right now with Emily Wapnick. All the show notes, artsynow.com forward slash 99. Here we go. Come on, everybody. Let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody. Let me hear that stickity stickity riggity diggity beat. Yeah. Well, here we go now. Who wants to get a little bit funky out there? Who wants to get a little creative out there, huh? Yeah. Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy now? Well, I do. I do. Well, then get on with your bad selves. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you think you can only do one thing for a living, well, you are wiggity, 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 whacked out of your mind. You've got potential to dominate multiple areas of your life. And my guest today is here to show you the ropes about being what she calls a multi-potentialite. She's always on the go. She's always creating the life that she loves. And she's the founder of the ever-so-interesting PuttyLike.com. A skidamarinkity-dinkity-dink. A skidamarinkity-doo-hoo. Emily Wapnick, you are the entrepreneur now. What is going on, Emily? Not much. That was that was quite an intro. Thank you for that. <laughs> oh, it's always it's always a blast. It's a lot of fun. I try to add little pieces in here and there. It's actually I've been thinking about taking on like a uh, professional rap career because my mm-hmm. tongue twisting has gotten so good. Nice. I think I could really spit with the likes of like crisscross from the early nineties uh-huh. and back in the day. Yeah. So. Add another thing to your plate. Why not? It, why not? That's why we're <laughs> here today. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, Emily specializes in, like I said, in the intro being a multi-potentialite. And we were just talking in the pre-chat about how I've always felt that I was weird because I've been able to try to manage massive amounts of different projects that I'm working on and because they're all so different from each other. And you don't meet a lot of people who do that. I mean, on a normal basis, I wouldn't think most people are like, you have to focus, you have to study this Mm -hmm. one thing. You can't be doing these multiple things all at once. So I'm so pumped to have you on, Emily. You came connected to me via Jason Moore, who's a previous guest on the show. And if you go to artsynow.com forward slash Jason Moore or Zero to Travel, you can get to his episode because it was a lot of fun. And Emily's fresh off a TED Talk, which is exciting. <laughs> yep, yep. Did a TED Talk last Saturday. It should be up in a few weeks. <laughs> you were fist pumping. <laughs> By the time this is out, it'll definitely be out. So you, everyone should okay. go check that out. And I'll post the link in the show notes as well. Right and you've obviously, you, you've kind of flooded the internet with this amazing, uh, I guess, way to organize your life. And and you've been on Financial Times, Huffington Post, Life Hacker, Blogcast, uh, Illuminated Mind, Life After Collect, and more. And you have this process that you call the work models, like the four multi-potentialite work models. So we can dive into that here in a minute. But but first, I want to talk to you just about where this came from and how you developed it into like a brand for your entire life. So <laughs> what what's the story like? Where Where did this trigger from? Because it's so awesome and it's so creative. Sure. Um, so I'm someone who's like, I've, I've always had a ton of different interests and I've always moved through things and, you know, I would, 
I would be like, oh, I found my true calling and this is what I'm going to be when I grow up. This is what I'm going to do. And then I would get bored eventually and I would end up just changing my focus to something radically different. <laughs> um, and uh, this, this used to cause me a lot of anxiety in my life. Um, and in my mid-20s, um, I, one of my interests that I was, you know, a growing interest of mine was entrepreneurship and I was learning about online business as many of us, uh, do. And, um, I was taking this course and they were all like, oh, you need to choose a niche for your business. It needs to be something really narrow. And, um, I, so I was making all these lists of different things I was interested in and they all sounded great, but I didn't want to just focus on any one of them. That sounded boring. Um, so I was like racking my brain and I was up late at night and I was like, what if like not choosing a niche is my niche? Like what if, you know, I've gone through my life, like doing all these different things and making it work. And, um, what if I write about that and I start seeking out other people who are doing multiple things and making it work and learning from them and sharing my ideas on the site and, um, and that's where the idea came from. And, and as I like stepped into that role of, of multi-potentialite, which I didn't have that, that word at the time, but as I started to like, I stopped seeing it as a negative and started like stepping into it and embracing it. Um, I realized what a strength it actually is. And I realized that it is completely possible to have a life that in which you, you know, integrate multiple multiple passions um, and that there are actually quite a few people out there doing it who are successful and happy and um, yeah it just kind of went from there that, that's so <laughs> relieving to hear <laughs> that it's possible why, why do so many people and is it just like the older generation what why do so many people think that it's not possible it's really ingrained in our culture um, we actually that you know the, the notion to specialize that, that we all need to specialize um, historically it comes largely from the industrial revolution where you know we each had to kind of be a cog in the system and do something very narrow because that's how our industry flourished and and this model was then brought to our educational institutions and um yeah we all just grew up with this idea of like you know this myth of the one true calling um and it's kind of romanticized right it's like oh destiny that like one thing you're meant to do with your life but it actually like is very limiting and uh, and it's also a very modern idea um, and I've always yeah. thought, like, how do you, if it is supposed to be one thing, right? How how do you get to it if you're not discovering multiple things at once, right? Like, how how do you just pick the right one on the first try right. and and sail with it? Yeah, I mean, it's totally absurd that like 18 year olds are expected to figure out what they're gonna <laughs> do, you know. And and I think that the stats show that what what is it? People change jobs or change fields like 13 times throughout the, their lives or something. So like. The, that ideal is not meshing up with reality these days. And, um, you know, the world is changing so quickly that it's actually the people who can, who aren't specialists, um, who are largely like a little bit better equipped, you know, I mean, we've heard all these stories about people losing their jobs in recent years, um, and, you know, not being qualified to do anything else because they've specialized so highly. Um, whereas, you know, if you look at, like the Fast Company article that came out a few years ago about um, Generation Flux, their whole thing is that like adaptability is key. Like if you can develop the skill to like pivot and to, you know, um, learn new things quickly and to change directions and you can just be this adaptable person, then like you're kind of recession proof in a way. 
yeah, that's when the that's when people flourish the most if they're in that kind of uh, vision, I guess. Yeah, so it's just like the the timing the, the timing couldn't be better for multipotentialites is one thing. It's like um, there still is this idea that you need to specialize, you need to like fit yourself into a box, but that is changing um, largely by necessity, and also people's minds are starting to open up a little bit. I think. Yeah, and I've always looked at the. The other side, just a huge benefit of being a multi-potentialite is that if some if one of those legs kicks out, you still mm-hmm. have the other three, right? If you're doing four things or you, you always have other things that you're involved with to hold you afloat no matter what. You're not just completely mm-hmm. throwing everything you have into this one you know, nine to five mm-hmm. job that you really don't care a lot about. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, you know, some people are really happy specializing and I don't. I don't mean to say that everyone needs to be this way or, you know, do many things. Um, I just think that we should all, like, design lives and careers that are, like, aligned with how we're wired, you know? And um, so if you're a specialist, then, like, go ahead and specialize. That's awesome. But if you're a, a multi-potentialite and there are many different things that you're interested in, then, like, don't try and force yourself to specialize. That's not going to make you happy. Yeah. How, um, so how do you cut that up? I mean, do, mm-hmm. do most people that are multi-potentialites, because I consider myself, now that you've <laughs> put the term out there, like I would consider myself one, but the bulk of my income comes from like one as opposed to the other three. How do you, how do you go from a position like that to actually being able to create a decent stream from all the different, and that could be a loaded question, but from all the different potentials that you have? Well, I would say that you don't, I mean, you don't have to, right? Like. Yeah. What's important isn't that each of your interests makes the exact same amount of money. What's important is that you get an overall sense of variety in your life and you can support yourself. Um, And so we can get into the four work models now if you like. But um, what I found when I interviewed people, and I I tried to interview people for my book who were um, successful and that they were like, you know, making a comfortable living and also happy. Um, and they all seem to have, um, three things in their life. They had, um, sufficient money, they had, um, meaning, and then they had, um, variety. Um, and you know, those three things all in the degree to which is right for you. And that varies from person to person, obviously. Um, but there were all kinds of different ways that they got these three things. And, um, I sort of put them into these four categories, um, so the first commonly used work model uh, is what I call the group hug approach. And this is where you bring all of your passions and skills together in one um, very multifaceted job where you get to like wear a lot of different hats. Maybe, you know, maybe you've got kind of like a higher level creative position. Maybe you work with teams in different um, fields. Um, and then, uh, or maybe you work for like a startup or something like that where the, you just have to wear a lot of different hats. Yeah. Um, or maybe you run your own business um, and you create what I call a renaissance business. So it's got like multiple subjects in there that you're writing about and creating pro- products around. Um, so that's the group hug approach. The second commonly used work model uh, is the slash approach. And here you are keeping your interests separate and distinct. And you're just, you know, maybe you've got like two or three jobs that you um, like you know, you like all of them, they all bring something to your life, but you wouldn't want to do any one of them full time. 
um, cause you might get bored. Yeah. Um, or you've got, you know, you've got like a job over here, you've got a business over here. You do like some sort of like art, art or performance over here. You just kind of like, you're not necessarily trying to mix things together or to integrate them into one thing. Um, they're more kind of separate. It's the slash career. Hey man, if you're out there thinking about reading a book, maybe gaining a little knowledge, a little bit of two cents for your head, run on over there to the old Amazon.com. Amazon Audible is the coolest damn thing for reading books. I ain't never read a book before until I got Amazon Audible. If you go to arsenow.com forward slash book, you can get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial. I never knew reading could be so easy. Now I feel smart and strong and sexy with all the ladies around. Amazon Audible is a tits McGee. The third commonly used work model is, um, I call it the Einstein approach because Albert Einstein had a job at the um, the patent office. So he like had this very stable job with benefits and um, he worked on his theories outside of work and this job left him with enough create like enough creative energy and time so that he could he could do that um, it wasn't completely draining uh, so that's the group and um, Barbara Scher refers to this as the good enough job so um, this is the work model that uh, your family will understand best right <laughs> um, because it looks like any other job, but the the key here is to like make sure it's not too draining, so you can actually explore your other interests on the side. And the beauty to this work model is that you don't need your other interests to make money because you've got your stable day job, um, and that works really well for some people. Uh, and then there's the sequential approach, and this is where you go through your interests um, kind of in sequence. So you might dive into one field and spend five or six years working in that field in a career and then just completely shift gears and go into a totally different field and, and do that a little bit more in sequence. Um, and a lot of people will move between these work models or kind of they'll have like a hybrid thing where they like pull from them. Um, I don't think it's important to like, you know, I'm not going to tell anyone that they need to just like pick one work model. Like that's not my thing. Like pick and choose, mix and match. I'm cool with that. But I do think it's helpful to kind of delineate it like that and say like, these are a few ways that multi-potentialites make a living. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can see myself in as a hybrid because of different areas there, like the serial approach. That's a super exciting method. I think that's kind of like the Tim, the Tim Ferriss. He just mm -hmm. concentrates on one thing until he masters it and then moves on to the next. And I yeah. sort of do that in, in a mini way, right? I think a lot of us have these like little hobbies that we'll get really into, but it's not necessarily like a main key. And so you, you're binding all these different platforms, which is awesome. We're awesome and worth fist pumping, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think that Tim Ferriss is, he's a good example. He's also, I think a hybrid between um, the sequential approach and the group hug approach, because yeah, he'll, you know, he did the four hour work week and then he moved on. He did four hour body, completely different field. Yeah. And then he moved on and did uh, four hour chef. But the whole time he's running this site where he's blogging about all these different subjects, um, which I would call that a renaissance business. You know, he blogs about like 
Um, well, I actually, I'm not sure what he was doing while he was, you know, in each of those modes. But now, anyway, he blogs about everything from, um, I don't know, deadlifts to like psychedelics. Um, yeah, yeah, and productivity. You know, all kinds of different stuff. Yeah, so keeping it, keeping it interesting, keeping it heady. So, well, like if you have people that are. Confu- I mean, obviously, there's a lot of artists out there listening to the show or creatives or musicians in some sort of way. And it's always really hard to find the time to get some of these things in. So they may be concentrating, like I've been guilty, of spending 90% of the time on something that you don't necessarily like as much, but it's because it's bringing in most of the income. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you have any like methods that you use from a baseline up, like for the maybe people you just start talking about how to optimize being a multi-potentialite. Like, do you have any exercises or methods that you use to be able to sort of set these different sections into your schedule to be able mm-hmm. to build it up the way that you want it to be ideally? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so again, there's no one way of doing this. Um, but it's important to realize that just because it's possible to do many things, that doesn't mean that it would be optimal for you to do everything at one time. Um, so I think that, that that's kind of a mistake that some um, people who just realize they're a multi-potentialite will do is they'll try and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I can do multiple things. All right. I'm going to try and do everything right now. And they get completely overwhelmed. I think I do that every day. <laughs> I definitely do it sometimes too, even now. So, um, so what I would recommend is um, – you know, actually making a list of the various projects that you're excited about right now. Um, and you know, any, even things that like are just starting to pique your curiosity, um, that you want to explore and kind of figuring out like one to five priority projects. And, um, I used to actually hang those like on my wall. And so I would be like, all right, work time. What do I feel like working on? I would look up and I'd be like, okay, well, I've got four projects here. What do I feel like doing? You know, if there were no like pressing deadlines. Um, and then, you know, keep a nice long back burner list. Feel free to add to it when you lose interest in one of your ongoing, one of your current projects and cycle in something from your back burner list or bring something new in. Um, but yeah, there's this like vast middle ground between doing just one thing and doing everything under the sun, like a, a very vast middle ground. And, and so, yeah, I think that that's important to to recognize um in terms of like you've got one thing that's bringing most of the income and you know you wish that you could try some other things um one thing that can be helpful is just to set a timer um i'll do like 40 minutes and i'll call that tinkering time or something (laughs) and uh and just give yourself permission to like you know go down the rabbit hole a little bit and to explore something new or to like just I don't know, take some time off, play an instrument, like whatever, if that's not your main thing, but you've like been really missing playing the guitar, um, whatever, whatever it happens to be. Um, and I think that setting a timer will help for me anyway, it helps me relax because I don't feel like I'm just going to waste the whole day. Um, I'll even do it as like a reward after, after doing my main work. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. And Mm -hmm. then one of the ones that if you have a Mac, you can get the Haller timer, which I use, I'll set it for like my favorite number, like 22 minutes and just mm-hmm. beast out some work. And then I'll take a five, 10 minute break. And a lot of times I do go play the guitar or something because I've been on a kick to try to play every day for a certain amount of time. And if nice. you have, 
if you have a goal of 40 minutes a day and you just take four breaks of 10 minutes each, you get that 40 minutes in and it, it kind of breaks up your day like an awesome little bumper. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. And another, like for all the different projects that I'm involved with, like I, I do this podcast and I do the website for this podcast with that blog and I've got the personal site, but then I also go to school for iOS development, which I'm terrible at, but I'm still not going <laughs> to give up. And I'm writing a book and I'm on a kick to turn my life around financially. So I'm saving $15,000 this year so that I can pay off all my student loan debt. That's awesome. There. And I'm also in this huge transition in life to become more, much more of a minimalist. I've been going through my house, which is, that has been huge for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I have this goal to get away from my day job that I also have, you know, where I drive eight to 10 hours a day mm-hmm. and move out West because I love Portland and I love Denver. And in between all of that, there's so many other things, right? Like trying to do affiliate marketing and, and mm-hmm. trying to start this new show where I want to get somebody on from every single country and talk to them about particular things. So th- the only way that I figured out how to manage that is literally trial and error of you know, doing all these different things that I think are going to work. And then it just, none of it does. But finally, like I literally just created this gigantic vision board with all my different goals after, nice. after I did like a life list, you know, mm-hmm. of where I wanted to be 100% in the future, like a vision and so I've got this vision board now that shows my life list kind of visually. I color coded everything. So in order of importance of like what makes the most money, but then what do I want to do in the future the most? And so mm-hmm. I will literally every single morning, I'll look at this board and I keep a note card and every day I've got different colors that I'm going to work on. And they're all different categories of the kind of the multi-potentialite stuff that I do. So I get a really even grasp that, and I, and I know that I'm focusing on the things that matter the most, most of the time, because I'll designate those colors more than the others. Mm-hmm. But then I can also go and, and pick one of those colors of things that, you know, might contribute to my hobby of playing guitar or kayaking or something like that. And I get to work those in as well. So that, that's been something that's really helped me out. That's a great approach. I would, uh, have you written a blog post about that or anything? No, but I I do have an a five part audio series coming out about that exact process. Cool. So yeah, and if you're listening to this now, you can if you go to artsynow.com forward slash vision, you can sign up for that. But Jason triggered that idea with his recent one on mm-hmm. I think how to quit your job and travel. It was a good idea, really good mm-hmm. idea. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of fun, and I I just I, I get like I know it may not sound it, but I'm so excited because. Like, when I try to talk, like for instance, Lindsay, I talk to her. She's she's does great. Like she thinks her parents hound her constantly about having to go get some corporate job somewhere, like in marketing, because that's what she went to school for. But mm-hmm. she's doing awesome as a lacrosse coach for a college, and also teaching yoga to older couples at their nice. house. And when she teaches yoga, you know, it's like forty five, fifty dollars an hour for these couples that she's getting back. And then she's also coaching lacrosse and and not to mention all the other things that she's doing in between that. And it's hard for me to to get the support of others to say, yeah, you can do all these things. Just keep going with it. It's going to keep opening up new opportunities. Right. Like it's just so it's so sad how like parents um, and you can't really blame them because that's kind of how they were grown up. And like you were talking about earlier, but yeah, it is. And they also, you know, it's, it's a different world now, but, um, what I've found is that like parents really are just trying to protect their kids. They really want the best for them. They just don't really get it. Um, yeah. things have 
things have changed. Um, and what I've, you know, I, I spoke to these people I was interviewing for my book and I, I asked all of them, um, you know, did you always have your family's support? Like, do people, do people kind of, were people like, okay, but like, when are you going to get a real job? Or like, you're doing what now? I thought you were studying that. Um, and, um, a lot of people said that, yeah, their parents and their, you know, friends and family didn't really get what they were up to for a while. But now that they're like, you know, they're actually making it work and they're happy, like they, the family tends to be quiet, you know, people yeah, start to be like, exactly. okay, well, you know, um, so that's usually what I tell young people who are really worried about this, um, that for, for the most part, parents will come around once they see you making it work and they see that you're happy and that you're, you know, doing awesome stuff. And, um, so yeah, so it's, you know, you can like try and explain your multi-potentiality to people. You can, I've got a terminology page on putty like, it's just puttylike.com <laughs> slash terminology. If you want, want to send awesome. people there, um, Barbara Sher wrote a book called refuse to choose. It's also, um, kind of explains things. Um, but sometimes they, you know, they just won't get it and they won't be open to it. And you just kind of need to do your thing and be yourself. And, um, hopefully eventually they'll, they'll see how happy you are and they'll, they'll come around. Yeah. Do you, do you think that they get, I mean, as younger people trying to discover that you see a lot of discouragement? Um, I mean, I mean, are there mistakes that multi-potentialites can make that really would push them away in the beginning? Like what are some of the most common ones? I'm sure there are um, mistakes every day. I could tell you a bunch of mine, but mistakes. You mean like when they've they're trying to like embrace their like, many passions? Like and... For all the people that you talk to and that you teach through puttylike.com, do you see do you see similar I don't know if I would call them mistakes, but do you see like downfalls or, yeah. or mistakes people make when trying to I guess model their life to be a multipotentialite? Uh-huh. Um so there are three big areas of challenge for multipotentialites, and those are work, productivity, and like confidence. And, um, like burn is burnout one of them, I guess. Yeah, sure. Burnout, overwhelm. Um, yeah. A lot of the time, there's an issue with like a lack of support. Like they don't have other multipotentialites in their lives, or even like accountability buddies. Um, perfectionism is a big one. Um, I don't know if this is unique. Yeah, I don't know if these things are unique to multi-potentialists. I think they like they're challenges for anyone who's like trying to do their own thing or, you know, design their own career and and life. Yeah. Um but yeah, certainly the like I don't know. And then there's like the existential crises, the crises that happen when you like think you found your thing and you change, you lose interest and you want to do something else. Um, but of course, once you realize you're a multi-potentialite, then that, that becomes a lot less traumatic because um, it's all still part of your identity. You know, you haven't just, you haven't adopted this one role like you may have in the past. Um, I think most of the, the mistakes that multi-potentialites make are mistakes when they are um, when they don't know that they're multi-potentialized and they're like trying to fit themselves into a box and they're trying to specialize and, um, really den denying this part of themselves. Um, but yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the broader, the broader theme here is that we should all like embrace who we are 
um, the multi-potential, I think, is just part of that. But if you're trying to, like, fight it and be something you're not, then uh, it's not going to work very well. Well, hello, once again. <laughs> if, if you all want to make more time creating, uh, and if you missed episode 91, I did a free 28-page ebook on how to make more time for your passion, for your creativity, for your art, whatever it may be. If you go to artsynow.com forward slash time, you can get that free download. 28 things that I literally put in place in my life to make more time to do things like this. Check it out. Yeah, and I've read through so many of these amazing articles that you've put up on puttylike.com. You have so many that I can't even like, it's going to take us some time to get through all of them, but you run a community on there of all these multi-potentialites, I believe, because I signed mm-hmm. up to get some information for it. When did you start the website and, and the blog and and how has that progressed since you started? Uh, so I launched Putty Lake in September of 2010. Oh, cool. So you've, congratulations, you got another five years now, right? Or I guess uh, almost five half. years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is crazy that I've managed to do anything for that long. I think it's because it's a, t- you know, it's like this, it's ironic, right? It's like, it's a hub for you though. Yeah, it totally is. And I get to write about a lot of different things, even though it sounds like it's a very specific topic. Yeah. Um, it actually is pretty broad and, you know, I could do everything from like writing, speaking, you know, courses, workshops, membership sites. Um, so it's just allowed me to do many different things, which is nice um, for for someone <laughs> with our psychological makeup. Um, but yeah, so so I launched the blog in 2010. It's been kind of just a slow growth um, over the years, um, and the the mem- the membership site um, that I think you were referring to is the Putty Tribe, yeah. and that I launched um, maybe two years ago, maybe three, yeah. Two or three years, I can't remember exactly, but um, that is uh, just for people who want a little bit more support. Um, we've got really active forums in there of multi-potentialites helping each other. Um, we run these, um, we call them huddles. They're like little brainstorms. We do them on Google Hangouts, and people just show up with um, you know, a project that they're working on and someplace where they feel stuck or someplace where they need some feedback and we help them brainstorm and um, we go, it's kind of like a little mastermind group. So we run those um, and we do workshops um, and all kinds of, all kinds of fun stuff in there. And it's just a really warm, supportive family. I mean, and, and the thing is like, we're all interested in completely different things, but we all like have this one thing in common we get it so no one's gonna like pressure you to do one thing um and it's it's just a really great place and I created that because um I didn't want to just be the only one sharing my wisdom because Mm -hmm. I'm you know I'm more of like a I see myself more as a student than like some wise like guru or something um and we're a community full of people with like experience and with like just like really smart creative people um and i just wanted to provide a platform where people could get advice and and help and support and accountability from each other not just not just me um so yeah (laughs) (laughs) what was your what was your ted talk on was it just Um, on general of being a multi-potentialite yeah it was pretty general um 
a lot of the stuff that we've already talked about. So just like I talked about my um, my background and um, how much anxiety it caused me at first, uh, and then I get into um, some of the cultural stuff, like the question, what do you want to be when you grow up, and the fact yeah. that um, we're all asked this question starting at about the age of five, and it really like encourages us to narrow our focus to one profession, right? Because when someone asks you that, you need to, you can't say like, tw- you can't rattle off 20 different things. Um, and so I talk about that for a while, and uh, let's see. And then, then I introduce the idea of the multi-potentialite and kind of flip it so it's like this is, doesn't have to be a bad thing. It's actually a really good thing. Uh, and then I go into some of our strengths. I actually talk about three multi-potentialite superpowers, things that we do really well. Um, what, and those what are, are those? They are um, idea synthesis, so like combining two or more fields and creating something new at the intersection. Mm. Um rapid learning, and adaptability. Um, yeah, and then I kind of uh, lead out by, by just trying to drive home the fact that we really need multi-potentialites in our, in our society and we need to stop pressuring kids to specialize. And, and you know, if you're a multi-potentialite, um, embrace your many passions and, and use them and, you know, bring your gifts to the world. You can see where it can take you. I mean... Ha- what was it like thinking about you from the time when you decided that this might be your niche, like talking about how you don't have to have yeah. a niche, right? And then actually getting to the point now where you did a TED Talk. I mean, that's pretty damn exciting. Like, I'm sure that you were just ecstatic because you should be. How does, it, how does it feel now knowing that you know, you're teaching all these people that they can do these things and obviously you are doing them? I mean, it, it's 100% real and that that's so exciting. Like you're changing the world out there. How did it feel knowing that you, you, you finally broken through and found this like tribe of people that are just like you? Yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah, the TED Talk was a dream come true. And um, it's, it's actually, it's kind of, it's amazing. And it's also a little sad in a way that I, people come up to me constantly and tell me like, how they they thought that they were alone. They thought that they were the only one like this, and they thought there was something wrong with them. Like I'm constantly hearing that from people, and it's like, dude, no! Like the, I just got the exact same email. Like five, you know, or like <laughs> even at the after party after the TED talk, I constantly people every few seconds people were coming up to me and saying some variation of that, and it's so it's it's sad that we all feel like there's something wrong with us and that we're alone. Um, but it is really amazing. Um, when, when you realize that that's, that's not true and that there are a lot of people like this. So that's been amazing for me. And I've seen, I've seen that be, um, really inspiring for other people just to see that there are other people like this. I mean, I don't even have to give anyone any advice, just being like, you're okay. It seems to be enough for a lot of people. Um, which is, which is, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Life is all about experiences, right? And this is, this is what you want to be doing. If you want multiple experiences, it excites me more than anything in the world. I promise you that. <laughs> and, and I'm really happy that you've gotten there. Cause I think there's, there's so many people out there that they're just now starting something and they might be a multi-potentialite. They might not, but mm-hmm. it's really hard for them to envision getting to the point, like, like say, giving a Ted talk or something that's really high up mm-hmm. on their list like that. But when it actually comes around and happens, you look back and you're like, 
that was your vision the whole time, right? Like as long as you keep taking a step towards it, you can get there. It's just all about convincing yourself that you can do it and taking action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Ted talk in particular was something that I've dreamed of for a really long time. Um, and also, I mean, public speaking did not come naturally to me at all. <laughs> and uh, it used to make me super nervous. Um, but over the last two and a half years, I've really been just kind of pushing, taking baby steps in that direction. Um, I started by just booking a room, um, at, uh, PSU, Portland State University and, and put, you know, plastering up flyers and putting on a seminar. And then I just kind of went from there. Really? You just, so you just went over yeah. there and like, that's, that's pretty you can, cool. You can, I think at a lot of universities, you can just book a room. Um, does it cost and, a lot of money? Uh, no, it was, I feel like it was a couple hundred bucks and then I charged 10 bucks and what I think was, what was the broke. turnout like? There were about 30 people. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. And it was just to kind of do like the thing about speaking is that normally you need to wait for someone to pick you to come in and speak. Um, and, but there's, you can pick yourself here, you know, you can book, book a room and it means that you're going to have to hustle for an audience for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to get going with it. Um, and then um, over the next couple of years, I started getting offers to come in and speak at school, high schools, colleges, a couple organizations. Um, and I actually, so some, some TEDx events have open applications. You can actually submit an application and others mm-hmm. don't to others. They like need to find you and choose you. Um, and I applied for, to speak at a TEDx event a couple of years ago and got rejected. Um, and the truth is that like, I wasn't ready at that point. Like my ideas weren't well formed enough. Um, I didn't have enough speaking experience. I wouldn't have done as good of a job. And, um, last December I just, you know, I, I wanted to do the Ted talk. I was like, I think 2015 might be the year. So I applied again to a different TEDx event and got an interview and then they picked me. And um, because I'd done, and I haven't done a ton of speaking, but it, because I'd done some of it, it it felt like the time was right and I could handle this now maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all things happen for a reason, right? Where Where are you right now, Emily? I know last time I talked to you, I think you were at a campsite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you just are you location indie just bouncing around the place or are you usually in Portland? Um yeah, so I've done an, a, a quite a bit of traveling, some of which is intentional, some of which is less intentional. Um but I am based out of Portland and I've been so I my plan was to do this 6-month quest um where I uh, yeah, I bought a travel trailer for this and I was going to explore the Northwest. And just kind of stay at campgrounds and be in nature. And that got, um, I'm on a hiatus from that for a couple reasons. The first is that I got the TED Talk. So I was, you know, it didn't really make much sense for me to be out in the woods practicing to nobody. Um, And so, you know, because like that's important, right? You want to practice in front of people because that's where you get nervous and then you can practice being nervous and all that. Um, And also my partner lives in Chicago and she's, she's a grad student here. And um, she hurt her back, so I just said, you know, whatever, I can come back to the wilderness in the future. This is important. I'm going to go be with her and help out. And um, So I've been in Chicago now for about a month, took a break to go back to Oregon to do my TED Talk, and now I'm back here. And then we're both moving back to Portland 
um, I guess towards the end of May. And then I'm going to be in the Northwest for most of the summer. I'm not sure if I'm going to be in Portland or if I'm going to take the, the trailer out to more campgrounds and kind of get back to that. Um, <laughs> yeah. That is, that, that is an epic quest. Mm-hmm. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I mean, life does call and you have to, you have to tailor to it, but that's the beauty of being, you've set yourself up to be, you know, location independent, yeah. which is a huge dream for a lot of people. And, mm-hmm. and I'm guessing that you probably didn't start out that way. You know, we usually aren't born into like, Hey, you do whatever <laughs> you want, but right. it's all about keeping your mind and setting it to it. So that's definitely cool. Well, Emily, if you had to battle Godzilla, <laughs> How do you think you would use your creativity or your multi-potentialite talents to defeat that big, crazy bastard? Um, <laughs> um, I'm not sure how to answer that. Um, I feel like my adaptability would come in. Maybe I could like play some violin and make him fall asleep or something. Oh, um, nice. You're violin. Oh. <laughs> Maybe I'd whip out that skill. Um, uh, I've been getting into woodworking lately, so I mean, I don't know if I have enough skill to like build anything that could help, but (laughs) maybe there's something there. (laughs) That's cool too. Yeah, I wish I had better woodworking skills. I'm not very good at it, but I took a class um, in the fall, and I really enjoyed it. (laughs) I've been slaving to the trying to the iOS developer gremlins and it's just not going very well for me. (laughs) I don't know. It might be one that I have to put on, put down because I just don't, I don't know. I think that's one of those things that takes a lot of time and concentration unless you just get it. Maybe I'm not one of the people that just get it, but woodworking crafty awesomeness right there. So you could make me like a, if you wanted to build me like a big, trailer camping trailer and just send it over there's no way i'll come join you out there (laughs) there's no way i can build a trailer (laughs) Uh, but i did you know i've managed to like fix my trailer with certain little like you know there is the belly band was leaking and i got a carpenter friend to kind of show me what to do and we sort of did it together and that was pretty cool and every time i i get an opportunity to fix something on my trailer it feels really good once i get it you know it's like a huge confidence boost is pretty cool <laughs> but that there's no way cool. to build anything like that from scratch <laughs> <laughs> one day just like you probably never thought you'd get to ted talk in the first maybe i'm not dominate. sure this is as much of a goal as the ted thing <laughs> <laughs> there's probably some some like woodworker out there he's just so angry right now well he should go for it i mean we all have different dreams <laughs> Well, I'm so happy that you were able to come on and talk. It's been awesome. I, I love the topic of multi-potentialite. I love your website. I love everything there. You've got a huge amount of engagement. You're doing coaching and, and speaking, and these people love it. I mean, they do, and it's an awesome topic. Like, you're the only one out there that teaches this, I think, that I've ever seen. Well, um, that's not totally true. I mean, I want to give some credit where credit's due. Um, Barbara Sher came before me. She wrote a book called Refuse to Choose, I think in 2006. And she does, I don't think she blogs much, but she definitely does stuff around the subject. She calls, she calls us scanners and she's Mm. pretty awesome. She's got, you know, she's kind of like this wise grandmotherly figure. Um, So she's definitely doing some stuff and there are a couple other books, but I don't think there's anyone. And then, you know, there are some blogs and stuff, but um, yeah, I kind of feel like I have my own, spin on it and I sort of try and throw my personality into it. So it's, it's a little bit unique in that way. (laughs) 
Well, you're doing about as good as you can do, Emily. And it's <laughs> awesome. Do you do you have any other links besides PuttyLike PuttyLike.com or any other places that our listeners can find you or get in contact with your awesomeness? I mean, Putty Lake is probably the best. Definitely the TED Talk. Um, if this comes out after the TED Talk is out, then I don't know what the link's going to be, but um, we can get should, it in the show notes. Yeah, get that in the show notes for sure. Faux show. <laughs> I'm going to get that in the show notes for sure. Cool. Well, everybody out there, remember, you don't have to do just one thing. If you have interests that are all over the board, go out there and do them. Uh, I, I didn't realize that it was going to be something that I'd run into from others about a year ago when I started doing it and everybody was telling me, you can't do it. Like you need to focus on this. These are all avoid at all costs, even though you love them and you enjoy doing them, get rid of them because you're never going to get anywhere if you're diving into all these different squares. And that's not true. That's not Mm -hmm. true. I'm proving them wrong. Right. And Emily Mm -hmm. is obviously teaching that uh, to the world. So thank you so much for that. And again, do what you love. Love what you do. Break the rules, but first break the rulers. And Emily, thank you so much for being (laughs) the archipreneur now. I I would totally love to connect with you again in the future. That would be great. Thanks so much for having me. And best of luck to you and and everything that you do because it's incredible and it's super inspiring. So keep it up. Fist pump all the way. (laughs) Well, there you have it. Another episode in the books. Emily Wapnick, amazing. Check out puttylike.com. If you want to hear the interview with Jason Moore we talked about earlier, definitely go back and listen to that because he connected me to her and he is awesome. He runs zero to travel.com. I mean, I'm on there almost every day. I'm borderline addicted. His podcast is unbelievable if you are into location independence. So go back and check out artsynow.com forward slash jason moore forward slash 87 you can get to his episode as well until next time do something crazy run around with your pants down high five your neighbors smile enjoy life this was the entrepreneur now peace thank you for listening to another episode of the entrepreneur now for all the show notes it's artsynow.com If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at create at artsynow.com or on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. The music? Well, that's shaky feeling. Check them out. Ventura, California. Ta-ta! Keep it funky.